0: Hello and welcome to the Sips Don't Lie podcast with Jane and Jenny. In this podcast we honestly discuss life, love and how to be your most authentic self. In each of our episodes we'll pair our conversation with wine that matches the mood and topic we're talking about. So, pour yourself a glass, get comfy and remember, sips don't lie and you're starting to feel it's right. Hi guys and welcome to episode 5, Turning 18 with 12 Years Experience. I'm Jane and I'm joined by my co-host Jenny. Hi everyone. And in this episode we're going to be talking about turning 30. The myth of having everything completed on the checklist of life, dating younger, fading friendships, increased responsibilities, but also the possibility of more fun. What have we got to drink, Jen?
1: So today I thought it would be a good idea to get a Chianti. So, Chianti is uh, made from the grape variety that is Sangiovese. It's an Italian red grape, and I chose it primarily because, do you know what, it's one of my favourite grape varieties and favourite styles of wine. And I think that when you go through your 20s, you kind of start to learn what you like and i think what better grape to choose than one that you've just decided like yeah i love this style this is this is the style for me um but also the grape variety can produce a few different styles of wine. So you can get more rustic styles of Chianti. um, You can get them with a little bit more oak, a little bit more aging, but you can also get those fresher styles as well. So it's a bit of a chameleon when it comes to producing different styles of wine, but I love it. And I think um, you should be able to get lots of red fruit on the nose, some cherries. You get a little bit of sweetness of balsamic vinegar. You Mm. can get a bit of herbaceous notes, sometimes from a bit of like tomato leaf or something like this. So I think it's just a lovely, lovely style. Um, yeah, so cheers, Jane. Cheers. Cheers. So shall we do a bit of a kick off and let us know, cause we've done a little bit of user research, haven't we?
0: Yeah, so we reached out to a couple of our friends, didn't we, and asked them, yeah. how do you feel about turning 30 or how did you feel? Cause I think our age range, our age mates are late twenties to early thirties. And what was interesting across all of them it was a small group. Um, and obviously, your friends, my friends, different ages, yeah. men, women. Um, everyone came back with these four things that they worried about before turning 30, which were, in no particular order, having a partner. So, either being on the way to marriage, marriage, married, or on kind of at least having someone, having a great career, um, owning their own property, and having children. So, it was th- those four things. What was really interesting when we spoke to different people was. Some people had hit none of those things on the list and they felt like a complete failure. And some people had hit three of those things on the list and still felt like a complete failure. So I thought that was really, really interesting that everyone collectively had that same fear of, I haven't haven't hit everything that I wanted to hit
1: yeah no exactly so and I guess we're talking about it from different perspectives because what you're turning 30 next year yeah I'm 31 and turning 32 next year which I think freaks me out more than <laughs> turning 30 <laughs> but I guess how, how do you how, I mean if do you want to talk about how you feel about turning 30 and if yeah you, sure you like I you think I'm um... complete these kind of checklist activities almost
0: Yeah so I really wish I had that pressure to do the checklist but for some reason I don't feel it. The only thing I feel about turning 30 is upset because I won't be able to have a massive birthday party because of coronavirus like that's my only upset about it and then in terms of the lists I think for me that whole signing up to what society expects of you what family expects of you what friends expect for you what and watching what everyone else is doing and thinking I need to be doing that because they are I think I kind of checked out from that in my maybe mid- mid to late 20s I just kind of I think maybe when I started my counseling course I really met who I was and was like oh what do I actually want from life because I think lots of things I think I'll do a bit of a psychotherapy theory for you here (laughs) so as you grow up we inherit these things called introjects so introjects are like to say your true self is born an introject is a jacket that's given to you by your parents by religion by culture by society by friends that tells you you should be this way so for instance women might get given the introject, you need to be married by 30 and have kids so everyone puts that jacket on but actually your true self inside might not ever have wanted to have children or might want to have children when they're 16 or might want to have children when they're they're 60 but it's something that you carry and then you kind of start acting out and making decisions around that um so I think that's kind of I kind of worked through a lot of that stuff and was like hmm, not really that fussed on things so I think I've not got anything on that list apart from having my own place. But that's that was born more out of not wanting to do it before I was 30. More, I wanted to have my own home, if that yeah. made sense. Yeah. And I'd got to that point when I was maybe 26, 27. Like I'd been living in flat shares for 10 years or something. And I was like, I'm over this. I want my own space. I want to be able to paint. I want to be able to come home and it's just my place. So that's kind of what got me on track to that. So I'm really like blase about the lists I feel like it would be nice to achieve those things but I'm also comfortable that I'll die happy if I don't achieve those top four things because that's that's my view on it what about you how did you feel before you turned 30? Yeah
1: I mean I'm a bit similar I think I had more pressure on myself when I was like 28 or something Mm -hmm. like that so I feel like when I just had a big breakup at 28 I felt more pressured and stressed in that situation because I was very single and was kind of uncomfortable being single mm. and um, I then bought my own house uh, or my own flat um, shortly after but even so I felt like it, it was really important to kind of have a, a partner before I was 30 and not even to have children because I guess living in London there's not that pressure and so much with other people and there's a lot more people especially in my industry that don't have children and uh are kind of you know not settled down specifically um so I don't think I had I had it more at 28 but as I kind of got closer to 30 I was kind of like do you know what I don't care anymore I'm doing my own yeah. thing um I my focus is to make myself happy on my own to be honest and that is not important whether or not I have a partner um obviously I wanted to be with someone but it wasn't about actually trying to get a partner as soon as possible it was like actually I need to do some work on myself because there's so much I I feel I felt lost completely um and I think that can happen as well like in your late 20s when you've kind of been on a bit of a crazy few years of uni and starting a
0: career and
1: you know 20s are a bit mad really Mm, they
0: are aren't they I kind of want a bit of the panic that everyone has before turning 30 because I don't have it I was saying this to my therapist actually a few months ago maybe yeah I was like why am I not as panicked as everyone else to like meet someone and settle and have kids and you know all that Shebang. he's like yeah but if you're not panicked that's fine you're just probably living a bit more true to yourself I'm like but everybody else is on the same panic wave and I'm not in the team I'm sitting outside like I'm just chilled I'm thinking of it because my friend said to me the other day she's like, are you not talking to anyone and I was like no she's like why don't you do online dating and I was like so I'm just not fussed and then I'm like oh my god I'm not doing what everyone's doing I'm like not part of the crowd <laughs> no but I think
1: and I mean I've said to you before I think that there's a time which you may feel and I think it's all about I mean it gets a bit you know airy fairy or however you want to say it but I actually believe in it very much around things will come the things that are meant for you will not pass you Mm -hmm. and if you one day there's a guy that's going to come into your life you will feel like oh my god I've got to online date because there's going to be someone there do you know what I mean and I feel like if you're not getting that sense you're doing everything you're you're in that moment and you're doing all the right things and maybe you're not supposed to meet someone because it's so important that you do the course that you're doing by yourself because it's such
0: a game changer almost do you know what I mean yeah or I'm just like a peaceful life (laughs) (laughs) another interesting question that came up on the subject of dating and this was interesting because I came up with men and women um which we did I don't think we did this when we were in our 20s Feeling a bit weird about dating someone younger, like having more concerns, maybe being like a guy that's thirty-one and dating a twenty-five-year-old, or even being a woman that's in your early thirties and dating someone in their mid-twenties, which I thought was really interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've always dated. I mean, the last few guys that I'd had dated were kind of mid to late thirties, um and actually found that they were more immature than my current my current boyfriend Mm. i can now call him my boyfriend Mm. Um, but he's he's 28 so actually he has a lot more maturity about him than somebody a bit older so actually i don't i don't really think that for me it seems to be a problem it's more how is that person set up like do they still live in house shares um i think is a big thing for me and how how do they conduct their life like can they cook and can they look after themselves is a lot more important than their age to be honest.
0: Yeah but it's, it's interesting that that came across for men and women because I didn't think it would come across for men only because when I was in my mid to early 20s well probably probably mid 20s I did date guys that were a lot older
1: so yeah. I, didn't
0: really, I didn't really think it would be age would be a concern do you know what I mean? Yeah would you do di- and would you date someone younger? Mm, yeah fine. if you if you meet someone in their eye I think all those variables that you think you will bend to don't matter anymore yeah
1: there. it is though it's it's about it's that not a red cut-off. flag for me it's about that cutoff though because I know when you're talking about one of your friends and we were saying how big's the age age difference and if you're you know I'm 31 and we'll
0: would i go lower than 25 oh i don't know like oh, because it's my brother's age and that would freak me out that's probably yeah. my, actually, that's my limit i've got a lower limit so my boyfriend
1: currently is younger than my brother
0: no <laughs> way <laughs> hilarious.
1: i hope neither of them are listening as well i it's completely talking about them um would freak me out no. if I was out with someone my brother's age yeah you, see i thought that but then he's so mature um yeah. And has really kind of got his shit together that actually you wouldn't know, and we laugh about it that I look, you know, way younger than him anyway. So <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's fine. So no one in a lineup, no one would be like, "Oh, she's way older than you, mate." It, it would never happen. Um,
0: so now we've got to that. Well, we're nearly up. I'm nearly at thirty, and you're nearly up. You're at thirty-one. What yeah. would be your upper limit for oldest person you would date?
1: Oh, so I think like 38, 39. Mm-hmm. But I have, I mean, I've, see, the thing is there, is I've dated, well, I've, I, when I online dated months ago, um, I did end up chatting to a few guys that were 38 and 39, and they just seemed a bit desperate mm-hmm. um, in a weird way. And I'm not sure whether that was because they've been messed around or they've not found someone and they really want to find someone. Um but a few of the guys, and that's, I'm, I'm not stereotyping here because I think that that would be unfair to do so. But yeah, a couple of the guys that I'd come across, I was like, ooh, you just see, there's a different energy around that. Mm. And um, especially guys that really want to meet someone and settle down and maybe have a family, they feel like they're kind of pressured to do that. And yeah it feels a bit more intense. Whereas I, and also because I'm doing my whole career thing, I'm kind of like, well, I'm not really in a rush for that. So I don't really want to meet someone that's kind of upper, like nearly 40 that's mm. not in that space. So I'd have to meet someone that the energy level was right uh, yeah. to not be rushing that. So it's more about not really age. It's more about where they are in their life and yeah. And how
0: energetic to that's a really, really good point.
1: Yeah. Um So if I met someone that was I don't know I mean I probably wouldn't go lower than like 28 to mm-hmm. be honest it's probably my my limit of because I think that you need to have some life experience it depends on how much life experience you've had right like, yeah like I've done a lot of traveling and have got you know have seen a lot of stuff in a career and ha- ha- there's still a lot of stuff I want to do but I've Done a lot of stuff, and if I met someone that was 25 and they hadn't really done that, it would be a bit of a comparison game, and it might be not very. It's not attractive. Do you know what I mean?
0: Mm. It does work sometimes. Though. It's an interesting. Yeah, I think my my. my mm, I don't really have limits. I think maybe 27. But my have I told you about when I went on a date with old man John? Oh no! Tell me. Well, you might have done, but tell no. me again. I was going to ask you what's your upper, what's your what's the oldest person? Well, my upper limit used to be. 40 yeah and then I, I think I went on a date with someone who was older than 45 but I didn't really oh realize, my god I didn't know he was older than 45 my friend worked it out so anyway but this guy he, imagine if old man John listens to this he obviously <laughs> doesn't know what podcast is at his age um so anyway I went out with my friend in London Bridge after work one day and there was this guy and he was at the bar and I was, I was like talking to him and he came outside and I was like oh are you a, P- a PT and I was then trying to get free gym classes off him do let me take your number I woke up in the morning didn't even remember what it looked like so we ended up going on a date and my friend was like how old is he I was like I don't know and I was like I'll do my classic date trick and I was like oh so my date trick is I show people my like driving license yeah like, isn't my picture so funny let's see yours so I can see theirs and then work out their star sign and what year they're born classic like, yeah it's a really good trick works works a charm yeah. anyway try not on top on. tip guys top tip <laughs> top tip there but did it on old man John and he was like, Well, I don't, well, I obviously, don't carry my ID. And I was like, What? And I was like, What? I'm so confused. Anyway, this, this, a few more dates happened. My fr- so, my friend who's like FBI agent style works everything out. She was like, Okay, so when you met him, who was he with? I was like, Oh, he was with this friend that was um, visiting from Australia, um, that he hadn't seen for 25 years. And she was like, Oh, okay, so did he grow up in Australia? I was like, No, he grew up in London. And she was like, okay, so how old was he when he went to Australia? I was like, I don't know. I think he just went out there, like, you know, when you go out there for, like, yeah, you know, traveling or something. She was like, right, so she, he could have gone out there when he was a minimum of 18 years old. I was like, yes, that's correct. And she was like, so 18 plus 25 is, I don't actually know the answer to that, Jen.
1: <laughs> 43.
0: 43. So she's like, he is at a minimum 43 years old. And I was like, oh, my God. And how old were you at the time? I was 20 before I moved to Manchester, so I might have been 27, 28, 27. Okay, that's not bad. but yeah. But then it all started to come together, because he was like, I'm listening to Gardener's World tonight, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I could out-drink him and he'd fall asleep, and I was like, hmm. So the energy levels didn't match, but if they did with the right old person, then it'd be fine.
1: Yeah, that is hilarious. Old oh, Man John, I love that. I love his name. <laughs> He's a sweet weapon. That is hilarious. That is good. And how do you feel, just bringing it back to the career question, so how how do you feel in terms of your career, like having your career sorted and that sort of thing? Because I know we're both in the middle kind of of career changes as well. Right,
0: right. Yeah, and I, I, this is a, one of my friends had some really interesting feedback and she's like, everyone panics about their careers, but actually most of us are at most 10 years into any career, which is nothing like careers, are like 40, 50 years, aren't they, we work for. So to be worried about it at this point, we're so early in the process. It's there's this like literally people kick stuff off in their 30s, 40s, 50s with their careers. Like people start businesses in their 50s and things like yeah. that. Um career, like, yeah, I'm I'm quite settled with it all. Like as you know, I'm doing my training to become a therapist. Um but I think that was um maybe a bit of luck on my path. I think all my early jobs I had showed gave me the opportunity to show me what exactly what I didn't want to do with every day of my life because you know I remember looking at one of my bankers that I worked for and I was like I do not want to be you I don't want to do what you do all day every day for the rest of my life so that sent me on a bit of a soul search and I feel like I'm more aligned with a role that has a bit more purpose yeah and that obviously was right for me in that in that period because I had the space and time to kind of pursue that if that makes sense yeah because I don't think you can do it all I don't think you can put all your energy into that and Lay down foundations for a long-term relationship and save for her. I think, I don't think you can do all the bits at the same time. I feel like everyone focused on different things. When I look at my friendship groups, everyone's focused on different things and hit different milestones.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think you're completely right. I don't think you can kind of um, focus on everything. And if you have, it might be that then one thing will fall through because, life isn't about getting to 30 and having all the tick boxes
0: exactly
1: and and then it just stays ticked i mean like in your life um and your it boxes it, don't it, always stay ticked say again the boxes don't always t- stay ticked exactly exactly and some people focus so much on getting those boxes ticked that actually and and their whole um kind of uh, story and their whole persona is driven on you know getting everything done that when they hit 30 and they're like oh actually I'm not I've, I've got this amazing career but I'm not happy in it I'm settled down and I'm married but am I actually happy in my marriage mm-hmm. and I've got children but am I happy I had kids because I wanted to travel or you know we're so much in debt now that we can't own our own home or you know or we own our own home but that's through you know family helping us out but that doesn't feel good that we've that they've helped us so it is a bit of a bittersweet thing. And there's always a backstory of, you know.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's weird how we're all framed by this, these four things. they so like, the four things are settling down career kids and a home. But then yeah. I've got friends who have no interest in having a career. I've got friends who have no interest in having kids. I've got friends who have no interest in getting married. So it's interesting, They even though they might not have an interest in that thing, they still felt pressure for not achieving it, even though they didn't want that. on their path of life, which I think is another interesting addition to it, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And I think your parents as well. I mean, I know my parents, especially my mum, every time I speak to her, she's like, you know, how's your boyfriend? Like, how is it going? And I'm like, oh my God, like literally shut up. Like ask me how my job's going or like how my wine business or something like that is going because to me that's, you know, as important, Um, you know. So I think they do have this thing of like, she's not going to be safe on her own she needs to be with someone um
0: yeah it's interesting isn't it it must be a a parental generation thing but luckily like with my Asian side of the family once you're past 25 and not married you're basically forgotten so I get no (laughs) just like are you still alone I'm like yeah and they're like okay anyway back to the young ones who have a chance (laughs) (laughs) well that's quite good that's quite handy yeah so much like past 25 no pressure so
1: and and because I guess we talk about these four boxes and friendship groups and people focusing on different, different things. Do you think that some friendships will then fade depending on what box you're going for? So I, I guess people that are more focused on a career are more aligned to spending more time with other people that are more focused on a career because when you've got kids, it's more harder to kind of um, relate to people that, are in very different spaces in in their life essentially
0: yeah I think it's a bit of a mix of birds of a feather flock together and um just people just make their own lives they create their own worlds don't they so which means you naturally fade out so I think if you go back 10 years I would have seen some of my best best friends twice three times a week I would have seen friends that lived away a couple of times a year whereas I see some of those people once a year at most now because everyone has their own lives and people end up having different interests. If you've got friends, you've got kids, you've got to have so much more in common and you want to learn from each other. Same thing if you both have careers in the same field, you've got something to learn about with each other. So I think yeah. it's a bit of a mix of both of those, but I think there's a defo definitely a fading out of friendships.
1: Yeah, and it's also about, I think as you hit your thirties, you want to spend your time, you, you realize that time is precious, right? and you want to spend or or for me it feels like it is and you want to spend your time doing things that you enjoy doing and that don't feel like they're a chore so seeing friends that you feel like you've just got to you've just got to see them because it's the thing that you do and you've done that for x amount of years now I'm kind of feeling a bit more no I'm not going to do that just because I have to that I shouldn't shouldn't have to do the shoulds it should be I want to do it um so I think you get more choosy about how you spend your time and that's not just about seeing friends I guess it's about your career and how you spend your day and am I happy doing a you know nine to five job or do I want something different or you know that sort of
0: thing and also everyone is so tired now we're all oh so tired like i i'm a pretty high energy person but even i'm like like when i lived in london i would literally go out six out seven nights a week i could i'd be seeing friends for dinner going for drinks getting up for gym in the morning like i could operate on a different level yeah and now i'm like i go out two nights a week at most and i'm like what is like all and everyone is just like i'm tired <laughs> <laughs> weird right I think I don't know. I think
1: my 20s I definitely ran on just pure adrenaline. Right. Like I had to just keep going because I needed to achieve and I needed to do things and I wanted to see everything and experience as much stuff as I could possibly fit into my day. Whereas now I'm like, do you know, what? I don't need to do that. I I mean I'm already over committing myself with all of the things I'm currently doing but it doesn't feel anywhere near as much as, it was. as I committed to when I was in my 20s. Yeah. Um, so I think it yeah swings and roundabouts really.
0: Definitely and I think we all have more responsibilities now. I think an interesting responsibility that one of my friends I spoke to brought up was that weird turn you have when you realise your parents don't look after you anymore you actually have to start looking after your parents which is a massive shift I think that does happen in your 20s mm, mm. yeah definitely
1: and have you had any experience with that at all
0: yeah I was just like oh god I have to deal with you for the rest of my life <laughs> um, and I was like this is gonna be hard work but it's just definitely a shift of I just feel yeah I feel like a bit of a role reversal with my parents it's like I had to check in like are you okay Are you, are you eating? Are you seeing people? Are you doing things? It's it's the parenting role slightly reversing and it's worrying because it's at a manageable level now, but actually when you think about it, our parents are just going to get older and older and that's a bit scary because then you become a carer.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not something I've have to think about too much. I think, so I grew up being the uh, the parent for my parents. So I very much grew up in a situation where I used to be kind of, you know, would do a lot of, of the admin for my family and would kind of take that parent role um, on holidays and things like that. So actually, I feel like I've always had to do that parent role throughout my 20s anyway, but not more of a a caring sort of thing, but just more of taking the lead um so now aging parents and stuff I mean they're both they're all relatively healthy so I'm very fortunate um that they are okay but yeah you're right like different responsibilities and different health concerns and things that your parents have really put a spanner in your yeah works really and and can really change your life overnight when you get a call literally
0: they can can't they and those things yeah happen out of the blue and then it's like cool, I can't just move to Canada because I actually have a care and responsibility now. And I think that's potentially what might be coming in the 30s, if not if not the 40s. Hopefully we'll still have another decade of fun carefreeness. Yeah, I feel like your 20, 20s
1: to me felt very... I feel, I, I don't know, they just kind of went like a bit of a whirlwind. Mm. Um Whereas my 30s definitely feel a lot more... um like I know what I'm doing I feel like you know when you're doing a lot of busy work and lots of stuff that doesn't really mean much But you're just kind of you know you start a new job and you're a bit crazy and you kind of don't really know what you're doing and you just sort of do everything and then and, and now I feel like I work smarter almost I don't really know how yeah, to explain up a,
0: strategy, a bit more strategy for everything you're doing so it's a yeah. bit well thought through
1: yeah, it's like I, I'm going to make good, better decisions about how I spend my time and what I spend my
0: time on. Yeah, definitely. Even things like dating. Like, I think in your early 20s, you're like, yeah, this guy's cool. I'll go on a date with him. Whereas now you're a bit more methodical. Like, I'm not attracted to you or there's a massive red flag here. So do I want to waste an evening? No, I'm tired. I want to sleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm so tired.
0: But it is true.
1: It is true. Like, And you don't want to go out all the time because I mean I'm always I mean you both as well studying half the time Um, and I guess it's just what do you want and some people just want a kind of easy life and to be settled down and do a nine-to-five and have nice dinners every night but I'm, I'm a little bit more driven in terms of um my career and setting myself up for a very different non-9-to-5 life if that makes
0: sense what do you think your biggest realization was in your 20s you made me think of mine I think my biggest realization was is focus stay in your own lane and focus on your your own life like we're all given different scripts and different reasons to be this gets very spiritual now doesn't it (laughs) love it this wine it's gone to my head given different scripts and different reasons to be here on planet earth like like you said some people are just here to do a simple job quiet life but that that's their purpose that's their purpose that they're here to fulfill so all you really need to focus on in your life is your purpose and I'm really I I feel like I'm I don't really look at other people and look at oh well she's doing this and he's doing that and they've done that and not what is your own that's not my business all I need to focus on is what's meant for me in this path I think that was my biggest realization in my 20s which has meant I feel a lot more um confident in any decision I make is truly for me and not to serve others if that makes sense yeah
1: no I I think mine's sort of linked to that as well so I think my realization and probably would have been nearer to the end of my sort of 20s was just that i am empowered to do kind of whatever i want and i can do i can do whatever i want if i want to go abroad i don't have to wait for somebody else yeah. and i think i'd spent a lot of my 20s sort of being like well i need to find a guy and then when i find a guy i can go on nice holidays and when i find a guy i can do xyz i can buy a house i can you know and i'd kind of limited it myself to basically mean that I needed to have a boyfriend to do things that I wanted to do in my life and actually once I decoupled those and said actually I can travel on my own I can create a career that I'm really proud of and that I love on my own and not through anybody else's kind of ideas or um kind of being like oh you should do this Mm. um it was very kind of awakening to be like actually That's
0: the word I was thinking of awakening yeah
1: and and it feels like that like it and it was it was I think you know and we talked a little bit about on Chop It Like It's Hot about the barley trip that I went on and you know realizing that I, I don't know if I talked about it but realizing that I didn't really want to work in banking anymore and, and I wanted to work in wine or do something that I really loved and just really like myself mm-hmm. and you know, be actually like, I'm proud of who I am and what I'm doing and where I, you know, the things that I enjoy and just knowing that. So it felt like once I'd started feeling empowered to actually living the life that I wanted to live, kind of made a bit of a, a big difference. And that wasn't coupled to a relationship or to another person, that was just a career or to an asset. Yeah, this, this is literally who I am. And it's amazing now that I've met a guy that is, you know, very supplementary to that. Almost and that sounds a bit weird, but it's cool that I've met someone that is, you know, willing to adapt to me rather than me adapting to somebody else. Um, what does supplementary mean? Is that like an extra thing you put on a cake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was a bad, a bad way of explaining it, but me I'd usually meet someone that would be like this is what I want to do and this is my career and then I'd sort of fit around that and be like oh yeah I'll do that that sounds cool I'm like, <laughs> but now I'm like well actually I want to do this so you know I've got you know a bit more like you know I know what I'm going to do um and I know where I'm going and yes there will be that you know I can be flexible with that but th- there's a an empowerment and a yeah this is this is who I am and
0: I like who that person is Um, definitely so you mentioned that that you had a bit of an awakening and I I think I went through something similar it was kind of a finding a bit of purpose and yeah working out who you are how do you think that happened for you so if someone's listening to this and they're like I feel like I need to work it out I need to work out something Yeah so I mean I started I started writing a lot of
1: lists really to say like who what things do I even like like I started really basic, like what films do I like what and that's not because because everything that I'd done was so codependent to other people Mm. I I just and it was trying to people please other people so I'd like a certain type of film because somebody else might like it or things like that and I think that's very common like very common across kind of humans generally but Mm um I wrote a lot of lists to say what things I liked what things I didn't like and who I thought I was and what sort yeah of... working out who you are and and that helped but then I think just having therapy to be completely honest is the biggest thing that you can do to feel to understand yourself and uh, to really just explore your childhood and your growing up and how you've got to your story really I guess mm-hmm. Definitely. um and it's and it's just exploring that story and i think it's just the most useful amount of money that i've ever spent on oh, no. and do continue to spend money on probably
0: spent more on gin and tonic but it's probably <laughs> more in therapy but i think for me the way that i had this weird awake mm. sh- shaken into purpose that's what i'd call it yes um, I, I was just like you know i was just working a job that i thought i should work because it paid well and it looked really good. And everyone was like, that's good, Jane. And I was like, yeah, it is. Um, And I was like, you know, when you're just meeting the standards of everybody else. And I kind of just ended up in a job where I hit rock bottom and I was like, this is not what I want to do in my life. Had a traumatic relationship. And I was like, this is not what I want to do in my life. And I feel like everyone probably gets an easier way to do this, but I feel like life proper had to strip me back and take me to like the beginning and be like, you've got to work out who you are and what you want, which is the most painful way to do it, but it did work.
1: Yeah. Well, I think to be honest, I'm probably in the similar boat to you where i I literally hit I you know had a um quite a big breakup and was like, "Who the hell am I and what am I doing and you come out of that relationship and then you're you're kind of like, okay, where do I go from here and how like who are you as a person
0: yeah definitely.
1: but yeah, all with those sorts of things again they are as awful as they are sometimes it's good to look at them as opportunities to, for mm, growth it, um, massive growth
0: isn't it yeah but you still get growth through coaching and psychotherapy guys <laughs> yes yes exactly um <laughs> cool so we had some really good questions come in yeah so the first one which is from shout out to Mel, is what advice would you give your 25 year old self knowing what you know now about life i
1: think it would be try and just have a day (laughs) a week (laughs) where you do something for yourself and you do something on your own so that could be a day where you go to a museum on your own or go to the cinema or you do something completely on your own Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's just so empowering to do And actually, I would, I'd have been terrified of doing that at 25. And I think if I'd have done that, then I'd have been a lot more empowered to feel less, feel more connected to everything, and also feel less alone in a weird way. If that Mm. makes sense? Mm. And I think that doing that would have really helped. Um, And also focusing on things like fitness at 25. Like I didn't really I kind of did a bit of stuff, but I didn't really know what I was doing. I'd just go to the gym or whatever, but actually going to like an outdoor workout class or joining a netball team and things like that were really, really helpful. So that would be some advice I would give. What
0: would you give? What would you say? That that fitness one's really important. I obviously had a fantastic metabolism in my twenties, which doesn't exist anymore. I (laughs) feel like I got into fitness. I could be a fitness influencer right now but look at me I'm drinking wine <laughs> um but I think yeah I think getting a, hob- a self-care hobby in check whether that's yoga whether yes. that's some sort of ritual that you do for you yes elevating your abilities in it. So even if it's meditation or tarot or whatever you do that's your version of self-care I wish yes. I'd get into that in my early 20s um Go on more dates so that when you have a podcast, you have more interesting stories to tell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I have loads, but um, yeah, just be a bit more. I, I think I would say yes more and say no more at the same time. So I think I was quite guarded after I had a break in my early twenties. So I think I, I, I said yes to opportunities for fun, but I think I, I wish I'd opened my heart a bit more because there's some great stories to tell but also I wish I said no to a lot more things as in not things to do, but more to people who overstep my boundaries. But I didn't learn the importance of doing that until I got into my late twenties, if that makes sense. And got into yeah. therapy. stuff. So yes, to more fun opportunities. Cause I think when you have no responsibilities and you're, you're doing a job where you're like, I'm not the director of this company. Don't matter if I come in hungover tomorrow, I think say so yes to all these things. Cause it just makes for an exciting life. And when you've got dementia and you're 83 you'll have the best memories and that's what it's all about in my book <laughs> <laughs> but i'd also say that i mean i i think i probably did that i went into work all the
1: time hungover I
0: the time. and i did
1: a i'm not lying to you i did a bloody good job of like de- like presentations i've had to do hung over as fuck. <laughs> I did, the graduates like either used i used to manage and sit next to were just like how do you do that and I was like skills absolute skills but yeah. at the same time I used to do things that were just funny for like the story um and actually looking back I'm like yeah that was funny and I got a great story out of it but did I kind of like lose a little bit of dignity possibly yeah and is there a little bit of shame in that possibly but so i think that there's always pros and cons um Mm -hmm. and you can always be like i wish i'd done that or you know we are where we are and you know um
0: but is there finding your craft like finding a side hustle yeah makes you feel a bit more stable so like whether that's i don't know doing hair doing nails teaching piano lessons being one day a week cocktail person whatever it is Have a little craft that's part of your personality and it's like you. So like, this is part of our personality. Yeah. Hobby, but it's something, I don't know. I think that's really important. I didn't have that in my twenties.
1: No. And I think a lot of people, it's that finding that hobby or that thing that you enjoy that doesn't feel like a chore. I
0: think
1: a lot of people are like, oh, they they look at me and they say, oh, you're really lucky because you found your like your thing like you, you found wine and I really you know I don't have a thing and it's like well everybody has a bloody thing.
0: Everyone has freedom to find their things.
1: You've you just gotta you've just got to it takes work sometimes to find your thing mm. and it takes a lot of experiment experimenting and being open to you know really think about what you like um and it takes time sometimes um to work that out and don't get me wrong i've played netball i've played rugby i've been to yoga i i literally i've done boxing (laughs) i've done it all you know anything that you can like sport wise that you can try i've tried it and i've done knitting and sewing and all sorts of you know extracurricular activities playing instruments and dancing and i don't know just loads and loads of stuff um, to try and find out what it is that I like and want in my life. and Now I kind of know that it's awesome because I can just do
0: those things and I don't have to do things I don't like doing anymore. Yeah, and it becomes your thing for you, doesn't it? And it's actually only yours. You don't have to share it with family and friends and partners. It's just for you. Exactly, exactly. And so if you could, and we had another question around um, what parts you would like to relive. relive my 20s yeah no hands down traveling I'm so glad I traveled so much in my 20s it will continue in my 30s I really hope I get to travel as much well obviously I think we're absolutely screwed by coronavirus but yeah I, to travel I traveled with so many different groups of friends and made so many amazing memories I hope travel is something that I have in every decade of my life
1: yeah 100% 100% no that's such a that's such a lovely thing and top I mean did you we talked about Top travel moments, but what is your kind of your biggest memory in your twenties of traveling, or like a really fun memory mm. that that you have?
0: Going somewhere that you wouldn't expect and having the best time. So it's really weird. I went to Georgia, but not not yeah. Georgia in America, Georgia by Azerbaijan yeah. for New Year's Eve. Oh my god, was one of my favorite trips. It was hilarious. I cut my I just about when I cut my elbows open and oh, I had to have an injection in my bum. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it was Year's but we got so drunk. But Georgia's by Russia. Oh, I was smashing up my Russian because it was when I went to the bank and I went by the Russian team. So my Russian was very good. Anyway, oh I was wearing these, like, massive thigh-high boots and we went out um, for a night out and where we were staying, it had marble steps like coming from the front door and I absolutely decked it down these steps, sliced open my elbows, oh my um, which is the worst thing to do. Um, so anyway... Um, My elbows are bleeding, so I'm I'm in the hotel. My friend's like, Oh, I'm gonna call an ambulance. I was like, That's dramatic. I just need a plaster, but I I needed like a stitch. Anyway, an hour later, these two like, um, like Russian ambulance ladies come to the room and they're like, Who has the broken arms? And I was like, I don't have broken arms. I've just cut them. They were like, Would you like some morphine? And I was like, Okay. And they were like, Come in this, come in the bathroom. And I was like, Don't we know what's going on? Are you actually real ambulance people? They were like, Take out, take down your tights. And I was like, (gasps) What's going on? Then they gave me an injection of morphine, or I don't know what, whatever they gave me an injection of, and then uh, um, sorted up my elbows. The of the day, but that was one of my best trips. As in, just I learned more about a country that I'd never think to go to. If that makes yeah. sense. that was the more the story was not about falling down. It was <laughs> going to a country that you weren't expecting. What about you?
1: Um, yeah, I think I think travel travel's been a big part of it as well, but I think do you know what, like uni, uni days and just like the first kind of going to uni and just that whole experience of like, because I was definitely quite lost before I went to uni and I'd had a gap year before, not to travel, but just to work and stuff. Mm. So going to uni felt really important to me at the time because I really needed it. And I just love that freedom of going out and getting drunk and meeting new people and just being completely immersed in that study life and I love studying anyway um and just I really would relive that kind of uni sort of few weeks where you just go out and get fresh as flu and get absolutely
0: I think there's a magic in there about meeting new people so I think another one yeah something that I hope to continue to live in my 30s is making new amazing friends I feel like throughout my 20s great people came into my life for a reason a season a lifetime um yeah but i feel like i've i've created some amazing friends that means what i'm excited about is there's even more people like that to come yeah
1: oh perfect lovely mm. i think on that note i think we should just quickly talk a little bit about our wine and how we've enjoyed our wine and then we can wrap up so what are your thoughts
0: i like this so i'm getting it's like a it's a bit dry but getting a fresh a fresh cherry like not a dark cherry a red cherry taste yeah cherry yeah i reckon i feel like it's strong I, this is the problem if i recall, one i haven't eaten properly <laughs> i know mine's a 13 percent. so i picked mine up
1: from majestic i get a little bit more dark fruit on mine and a bit more of a kind of um sweet balsamic slight bit of licorice which i wouldn't expect um totally from a chianti but it might be just a more of a sort of riper year or something like that might have happened yeah earthy you know like a bit yeah, a bit rustic, a bit earthy, a bit um, her- savory, that sort
0: of thing. Yes, savory. To, it's like you know when you first taste it, the first taste is a sweet cherry, and then it's like, no, I'm earthy and savory. And it's like, okay. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I just love it. And I think that's it. I mean, you you smell the kind of sweet red cherries and stuff on the nose but then actually the palette is very very savoury um can you can get a little bit of oak in there as well so it's um it's a nice and it's a very autumnal wintry wine I
0: think yeah. as well it's like aging sweet and um full of fun in your 20s and savoury and oaky in your 30s kind of match it up you match it up that no I think yes I think of the day, guys. <laughs> yeah
1: I think um lively and fruity on your 20s and on the palate but actually there's a mature and intensity there with a bit more structure and a bit more kind of thought there we go (laughs) that is how to bring the wine back to the conversation yes perfect wonderful so it's time to wrap up So thank you so much for joining us. Please do leave a rating, review and subscribe. And until next time, thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you.